Welcome listeners to Sleep, Eat, Perform and Repeat. This is a podcast on high performance. It will be presented by myself, David Clancy, and my two co-hosts, Connor Gavin and Kieran Dunn. What we're striving to achieve here is figure out what makes high-performing individuals tick, why they do what they do, and why are they successful. Rate and review, share with your friends, but most importantly, enjoy. Hi guys, so next up in our Rugby World Cup series in association with the Limerick leader, we are speaking to Rodney Soayalo, who is the former All Black captain. So we chat to Rodney about his transition from playing to coaching, the traits he tries to instill in his players, the common attributes he notices amongst the top coaches in world rugby, we chat about who's helped him evolve and grow as a coach, his time in Japan, and his thoughts on leaving the jersey in a better place. We speak also a good bit about leadership and what he thinks embodies leadership. So if you'd like any more info on this episode or any of our others, head over to our website, which is sleepeatperformerpeat.com and hope you enjoy this episode. So hi guys, welcome to another episode of Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat. We're joined on the line by Rodney Soyalo, and I'm going to pass you over to David to introdu- introduce this great guy. So Rodney, thanks very much for coming on today to listen to us all the way from the North Island of New Zealand, ta- taking a phone call from Dublin. We we wanted you on today because, I mean, you've represented the All Blacks over 60 times. You are a rugby coach, you're a mentor, you've obviously transitioned from being a player into a, a coach later on in your career. You played in Japan, you obviously played for the Wellington Hurricanes a lot in Super Rugby. You embody leadership, having even captained the All Blacks. So... There's a lot of reasons as to why we wanted to bring you on to this, to this podcast today. So, Rodney, how's life? What's What are you up to these days? Um, uh, yeah, life is pretty good, mate. Um, I'm really enjoying my coaching and, and having that transition from from obviously playing to, um, to coaching. So I've been coaching for the last um, six years now and, and I'm, I'm really enjoying the challenges that come with it. And talk to talk to the listeners a little bit about the, the challenges because you're a guy who obviously played with a lot of good players and, and had a very high standard for yourself to play. How, how does that go when you're saying, now I'm a coach? We asked a fellow called Marco Bortolami this question a couple of weeks ago, who you, who you actually played yep. against in a, a World Cup group game. And it was interesting hearing what he said. So, so what's your kind of take on that? Um, well, I, I, I'm not too sure how the other guys were but um, probably towards the end of my playing career I, I wasn't enjoying the, the game as much as I um, I usually was you know I, I played for the, for the passion and, and the love of the game but towards the end of it I kind of um, I got a little bit stale towards the, towards that um, that love and that passion um, but it was the actual coaching side of it that really um for me, that really stirred that, that love and that, that passion, that the reason why I played the game in the first place. So so I really started to um, yeah, congregate towards the coaching more than, than the play. Very good, very good. And just what what do you try, what kind of qualities do you try to instill in, in your players kind of each and every day that maybe you've learned as a player and even having finished as a player, what, what do you try to draw from and, and add to players when they come in to your environment as a coach? Yeah, for, for me, it's their hard work, their ethic, you know, their work and, you know, they're finding their reason why you play play for the game. 
now transitioning from from the actual um because I've I've gone back into actually learning how to coach. So I went and coached all the the kids back in New Zealand uh, schools to the club rugby to to actually go back into professional coaching. So they having that ability to to still have that passion to play, uh, you know, especially especially when you get paid to play, you know, you don't don't forget the reasons why you're there. And then that's what I wanted to really instill into the players that, that I coach. Make sure that you have that passion to to um, turn up to so-called work and actually not treat it like work. Treat it as that um, you're there to have fun. You're there to have you know work hard, play hard, and then and then go back home to your family. So yeah, it's just that work ethic, I think, and an ability to yeah to to enjoy what you're doing. Love it. And I'd like to just pick up on a point um, that we raised a while ago with another guest. It's about um, coaches at the moment. And it seems to be at the elite level that there's a certain few coaches that jump around between jobs. We've seen Steve Hansen do Wales and New Zealand. We've seen Warren Gatlin jump around as well. What kind of attributes do you think these men have and women in the, in the women's game that they stay at the top level? What's kind of, what are the coaching attributes that they represent? I, I think it's having that. Um, uh, but well, personally, is having for for me, it's having that um, that identity. Never, you know, never losing that passion while you're there. Yeah. Like um, I have my faith in, in Christianity, and I, and I know where I'm from. I know what I'm about, and then um, keeping it at the centre of of what I do. You know, and, and that really drives me to to succeed. And I think that's that's why I, I succeeded in. You know, obviously making the All Blacks in the first place. Like, uh, I probably wasn't, well, I, I know I wasn't the best player number eight um, there was growing up, but um, but I, I was willing to work harder than the next person. I had, um, my core values were there, and I went back to it when, when times were tough. So I, I bring that into my coaching as well, that, that ability to keep pushing, keep trying to grow yourself as, as, a, as a person and as a, as a player or a coach and over the last five to six years kind of what sort of age groups have you been working with in a coaching capacity does it tend to be a little younger or or older and senior yeah i went from um obviously college rugby um, which is uh, uh yeah so college rugby or, or high school yeah uh, rugby to um to club level senior senior rugby and then back into the um, I think you guys are calling it ITM Cup. Oh, um, yeah. I'm going to coach the Wellington Lions. Um, and, you know, so, so coaching in that area now, so which um, I've really enjoyed. Oh, the, the ITM, the Mitre Cup, is it? Is that that cup? Oh, yeah, Mitre 10, yeah. So we coach in the uh, yeah, Wellington Lions. Oh, yeah, okay. But, um, yeah, so it's... Uh, but I, I really felt, uh, personally, I, I felt it was really important to to do your groundwork and, and start from the bottom, you know, and then make your way forward and um, instead of jumping straight into uh, yeah, professional coaching. And, and obviously having probably learned a lot, you know, you obviously seem like a totally humble and unassuming sort of guy, Rodney, but you probably would have learned a lot from players that you would have played with and and coaches maybe that you've worked under or were in close proximity to is there anyone that you kind of refer to over the last couple of years role models mentors that kind of help you evolve and grow as a coach 
Yeah, I've um, I've really sort of uh, I, I like the way that Wayne Smith coaches. Like I've I've taken a, a lot from him, and, and the way that he delivers his messages, the way he challenges himself and and other players. Like oh, I believe that 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 style of coaching um, is is more me. You know that um, you're not a very loud coach, but when you have to be, you will. But um, there's better better ways of getting your messages out there or um, challenging your players. So I, I, I really looked up to um, the way that Smitty uh, uh, coached. Very good. In terms of your playing career, um, when you moved to Japan and adapting to that new lifestyle and culture, what were the biggest challenges you faced when that transition was happening? It was, um, well, personally, I, I believe the challenges were, um, were actually trying to coach them into, you know, uh, the, the winning culture. Because in Japan, it was a little bit different because they were more about the winning. So, yes, they wanted to learn, but the winning came first and then learning was sort of after. Yeah. Yeah, so I went there as a player coach and it was more playing that they wanted than the coaching, which um, which was a little bit um, a little bit different and I found that uh, a little bit challenging as well. Okay. The, there's aspects of the, the All Blacks that are well documented across the world about humility and we're certainly getting that across from you at the, on this phone call anyway. Do you notice, did you try and instill things that you had learnt and... and values them core values you speak of were they the first things you tried to change or adapt when in your time in japan yeah of course i mean the the ability to to, to push each other yeah because in the all blacks it's not just one individual that um that wins games or makes the all blacks great um, what they well what they really drive in the all blacks is is um well, obviously you being a better person so you being the best that you can be and then and then add into that jersey so I don't know if you've spoken to a few of the other guys, but um, but that jersey, we, we, we talk about that jersey and, and what it means to to you as a person. You you don't earn, you don't own that jersey. You're just a caregiver of it. You you take you take that jersey, and for for me it was the number eight. Um, I had to leave that number eight in a better position than a better place than than I've presented. Yes. So um, I, I try to give my best, uh, my all, until it was time for me to give it up, and I gave that up to Karen Reed. So and he's, you know, he's obviously playing really, really well. So, so it's um, yeah, that, that that's the way that we sort of see it. That's excellent. I've seen a quote from you before saying, "I think if we can all contribute in some small way, we'll all be better for it." And look at yourself before you start trying to push other, other things through. So, I thought that was very good. Oh, jeez, man. Yeah, no, we definitely believe in that. So, um, well, I think if we can all sort of um, have that same attitude, I think um, any team would go a long way. Yeah, I recently finished a book called The Jersey, actually, and it was that analogy, that that exact turn of phrase you said was mentioned quite a lot. That you know, if someone like I don't know, Tane Randall, Ruben Thorne, any of these sort of guys are wearing a jersey, and then it's who's wearing it after that like you said you're a caretaker you're just trying to wear it with pride and then make sure that the the players after you like kieran reed obviously um current captain kind of wears it with just as much pride and just tries to play at the level that you had played at in terms of work ethic yeah. drive and it's quite it's quite um an amazing ethos that 
in Ireland, you can see teams that are always trying to nearly follow that from Dublin GA football to Leinster, Munster, obviously where there's been New Zealand influence through the years. And you can kind of see how that tries to seep into that kind of culture and the team sport environment. But it it all comes from the, the island of the long white cloud. So um, you must be very proud to be part of it. Yeah, we're really proud. I mean, we we um, yeah, we look at it, and, and, and it's been driven since you were young. So the ability to walk into a, a place like that, and then for, for me, it was it was the hard work that my family had put in um, before that, you know, to get me to a certain position that I got into. So I, I not only play for myself, I play for them, I play for the you know, your friends, your family, and and then the people that you're actually uh, your fans. So, yeah, you wanted, you definitely wanted to leave it in a better place than, than you've received it. So, yeah. Absolutely. Rodney, just talk to us a little bit about kind of for you what would be the key fundamentals for success, be that in a in a team sport environment or even how that could be translated to business or, or, or the corporate setting. Personally for you, Besides, obviously, you've talked a lot about work ethic, but what are the core values do you hold for yourself that would help translate to business and sport for us here? Yeah, I, I think it's personal goals. You know, you, um, like if you don't have your goals um, set early, um, you, you, don't, you won't have that direction um, where you want to go. Um, and then the other one is uh, that's very important is... is um, for me, is who, who I am as a person. So, you know, whatever situation you're going through, I always refer back to that and saying, well, who, who are you as a person? What are you about? You know, it, it actually steers you back into that right direction that you're going. Um, but personally, um, if, if you don't set that goal really high and um, set the bar as far as you can, I don't think you'll achieve anything, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Good. And... Going back to the playing career, was it the first time you became captain? Was that in 2008 when Richie McCaw got injured? Is that correct? No, no, I, I actually, um, oh, gee, I think you stumped me there. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've, yeah, uh, I've captained and uh, vice captain for so many games. I, it, yeah, um, it's a national honest, transition. I'm not actually sure, yeah. Um, so the question. Um, lead, yeah, it would be. So leading on to it, was, so, the reason I asked is because. So for people who are listening and players who are playing for amateur clubs or playing different sports, when you were when you take yep. over that armband, what are the certain characteristics that you want to give? Maybe three things you want to give to the players around you that embody leadership in your eyes. Yeah, I, I believe don't change the person that you are. You know, I've seen so many people, um, so many captains actually um, sort of change change who they're about or. Or, or try too much when they're captaining. Um, for me, as a captain, I, I like to delegate. Um, you know, so, so you don't take all the responsibility on yourself. I used um, certain people around me to to be able to um, get the same um, outcome that I wanted. So I didn't take all the work on board. I, I, I actually went. Um, I actually went to people like. Uh, Kevin Melamu or Ma'a uh, Nonu, who, you know, so I just, uh, I had them do other work that I that I needed done. So let, let me just, the captain, uh, let me just play my game, make the decisions that were, that I felt that was best for the team. So. Excellent sort of shared ownership. 
Okay, Rodney, we're going to um, ask you a couple of sort of quick fire questions just to get your yep. uh, first thing that comes into your head, right? Where, where's, the be- where, where's, the, where's the best stadium you've ever played? Uh, a bit biased about them. I really enjoyed um, Wellington, but. Um, Caked in. Um, oh, well, yep, the Caked in. But um, actually, my first, um, my first actual test, uh, Millennium Stadium, I, I really enjoyed the atmosphere in there. Not so much the the field, but um, the atmosphere was amazing. Well, that's where Munster won their inaugural um, Heineken Cup in 2006. So that would be my favourite. So that's a that's a soft one oh. for me. <laughs> give give us your first rugby memory, if you can remember. Uh, yeah, well, that's pretty simple. That's down the road from my mum and dad's house where we were brought up. Um, uh, we call it uh, Rangi Toy Kres, which is um, yeah, a local park that I got smashed by my brothers, my older <laughs> brothers. So um, that's that's where it all started for us as young kids, um, going to tackle each other down there. Very good. And and give us give us a mantra or a kind of life lesson or something that you live by each and every day. Something that we can take from you. Yeah. Well, personally, I believe uh, working harder than the next person. Like I uh, like I said before, yeah, yeah, I wasn't. I didn't think I was the best number eight coming through um, at school level, but I knew that I, I was going to outwork the other number eight. So, um, yeah, working harder than the next person. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, we we just got a very unusual phone call there that uh, just came into the office, Rodney, and they said, do you have a former number eight at the All Blacks on? You better ask him because there's a World Cup coming up and all this sort of thing. And I said, Kieran, we better ask him. So, so the the IRB just phoned my mobile and said that uh, the game of rugby has changed. Yep. It, it's no longer 15s. It's not even 7s. It's just three players on the pitch, right? So yep. Rodney Soyalo's the coach, and he's flying his private jet off to Tokyo tomorrow, and he can bring with him three players that he's played with. And it has to be, what were they saying, Kieran? I think they said a... A forward, a back, and a nine or a ten. A nine or ten, a forward and a back, and Rodney's coaching them. So who makes his team? Oh, God. Um, past or present? Oof. Um, that you played with. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely have to go uh, Jerry Collins. Jerry Collins. Um, I'll have to go Christian Collins. Ooh, Munster. And, um, <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah, past the Munster player. Um, and uh, all Wellington so far. Did you say halfback as well, did you? A, a, nine or, a nine or a ten. You can have a, a scrum half or a, a first a first five, is it? Fly half, out half. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's, oh, it's pretty hard to go past um, Dan Carter. Um Daniel Carter. But, so, uh, so you've broken up the Hurricanes. You had three. You, yeah. had, you had coach and two players from Wellington. <laughs> the loyalty got, was running strong. Yeah, you've gone yeah. to Canterbury now. Actually, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going. Oh, I didn't actually play with um, Bowden. He was kind of in the reserves when I was here. But, but it's hard to go past Dan because you know he controls the game really, really well, and I, I know him really well. So, um, it's actually quite good to stick with the building, you know. That's a good team. So we just have a guy coming on soon. His name is James Kerr, wrote a book, and it's sort of publicised a lot of what the All Blacks about and just getting your thoughts on 
the things that have been come out of it. Do you think it represents All Blacks very well as in the messages it gives or do you think it runs a lot deeper in terms of what you stand for? Um, it's hard to um, just sort of... Um, personally, I, I believe it's hard to try and describe um, the way a lot, a lot of people feeling yeah. on the book sometimes. So, um, because uh, we're just watching a, a little documentary on Jonah and there's a lot of stuff that was missing in there that I, I felt was really important. But, you know, so there's a lot of... Um, Stuff that, um, that that is left out, which I, I I think that you know it's quite an important message um, that people would be quite interested in. Yeah. So we we're nearly there, Rodney. I just want to ask you if we have um, a magic ball, a crystal ball here in front of us, and you could ask that crystal ball to tell you anything about something you might have done differently in the past about something you're, you're working on or something in the future, what would you like that crystal ball to tell you, Rodney? Yeah, um, uh, what was Wayne Barnes thinking in 2007? Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, that's something that really haunted me for a long time. Um, but it actually, it actually made me grow as a, as a, as a person and as a, as a coach because um, I, I kind of... Uh, went back to and I, I'm really big on our church and and my pastor actually talked about uh, forgiveness and um, and making sure that you you know you, you know in order for me to grow you need to understand that these lessons were you know that were there that there are lessons so you need to learn from them and so I've, I've used that in my coaching and saying that sometimes that we, we can actually take control of our own destiny by just improving what we do. You know, so, uh, and not letting other people control what, you know, the outcome of, of what you're trying to achieve. Very good. We have to go back to Japan now, right? And we have to ask you, so I'm handing over to Kiran here. Paddy Power just rang as well and said, we have a big pot of cash for Rodney to put on a winner of the World Cup. Who, what team does he back at the moment that, apart from Australia, <laughs> apart, sorry, apart from New Zealand? Oh, God, the uh, Northern Hemisphere is looking really, really good. But um, as we saw, what the All Blacks are capable of doing. Yeah, well. Um, you know, um, and, and the area that I thought that um, the All Blacks were sort of struggling in, and, and that was the um, leadership side, I, I, I felt that they needed more leaders in there, um, or the leaders needed to really stand up. Um, but it, they actually proved me proved me wrong on the weekend. You know, they, well, we saw the guys starting to come through, the Aaron um, Smiths, the yeah. the Bowden Barrett's, yeah, so the boys really stood up and they started to show, so um, it's pretty hard to go by, um, yeah, the All Blacks, to be honest. The leaders create more leaders, don't they? And I, I, I watched that Bledisloe game and Wallabies didn't have a chance when they were coming to Eden Park, I don't think. <laughs> Yeah, well, but uh, the main thing I said, you know, I said before was the leaders. You know, they they didn't show up in uh, the game in Perth, but they sh- certainly showed up in in the Eden Park. So, oh, I, I think it's pretty hard to go go against them. And in saying that, the Northern Hemisphere uh, teams are doing really, really well, and I think they will really challenge that cup. Rodney Soelli, you've just spoken to us about leadership, and that's what separated the All Blacks on the weekend when they beat Australia. You're obviously someone that's very much embodied leadership throughout your playing career. You captained the All Blacks. You played at a very high-level club rugby, and now you're bringing it into your coaching career over the last six years. From the two of us, myself and Kieran, 
we just like to say thank you very much for, for giving us the time to take this phone call all the way from New Zealand to Ireland. And um, whatever you're doing over the next couple of weeks in Singapore, prior to the World Cup, have a great time. Stay stay healthy, happy. We're wishing you all the best from here. And thanks again for your time. Right. Right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You guys have a good day. Eh?